Hi, welcome to Harrison's Pod Class, where we discuss important concepts in internal medicine. I'm Kathy Handy. And I'm Charlie Weiner, and we're coming to you from the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Welcome to Episode 38, A 73-Year-Old with Dyspnea. Here's the question. A 73-year-old woman has a history of recurrent UTIs. She is placed on suppressive antibiotic therapy by her primary care physician. One year later, she comes back, and she's now complaining of progressive dyspnea over the past couple weeks to months. A chest x-ray is performed, and it shows bilateral lower lobe interstitial infiltrates. Kathy, this question is going to be about toxicity of the antibiotics. What are you thinking? So all antibiotics have adverse effects that need to be considered when you're prescribing them. The most common serious ones really for all antibiotic medications are the development of drug allergies. So that would include rash, hives, anaphylaxis, or Stevens-Johnson syndrome. Some antibiotics do have very specific associated syndromes, so this could be medication-related. And doesn't sound like it's a severe presentation of anaphylaxis since it's been going on over the past few weeks to months. Okay, so the question now asks, which of the following antibiotics could explain the development of her lung condition? And the answers are A, cefaclor, B, cefalexin, C, ciprofloxacin, D, nitrofurantoin, or E, trimethoprim sulfa? This is a pretty straightforward question, and the answer is D. So prolonged use of nitrofurantoin is associated with the development of pulmonary fibrosis or pneumonitis. It's reported in less than one in a thousand patients, so it's not common, but none of the other antibiotics that you've listed have this associated side effect. Is this lung toxicity typically permanent? The pneumonitis, which is typically acute or subacute, is usually reversible with discontinuation of the drug. Now, there are reports of chronic toxicity with irreversible lung fibrosis, so this side effect must be considered in a patient who's been on nitrofurantoin and has newer worsening respiratory signs or symptoms, as in this patient. What about the side effect profile to consider for the other medications? Cephalosporins and other beta-lactams frequently cause hypersensitivity reactions, including anaphylaxis, but like I mentioned before, that doesn't fit here. Trimethoprine sulfamethoxazole is commonly associated with the rash and nephrotoxicity, and patients commonly develop evidence of a type 4 renal tubular acidosis. Now, recently, fluoroquinolones have been getting a lot of press for potential side effects. Now, these medications, which include ciprofloxacin, moxifloxacin, and levofloxacin, are among some of the most frequently prescribed antibiotics around the world. They're characteristically associated with tendinitis, including tendon rupture, and they can cause irreversible neuropathy, too. Um, They can cause dysglycemia, and that side effect actually caused the withdrawal of one of the fluoroquinolones from the market. That was gatafloxacin. But in 2016, the FDA accepted the existence of a potentially permanent syndrome that it calls fluoroquinolone-associated disability, or FQAD, and it recommended that the drugs be reserved really only for serious infections. Tell me more about FQAD. So the FDA defines it in a patient with adverse events that are reported from two or more of the following body systems. So those would include musculoskeletal system, neuropsychiatric, peripheral nervous system, sensory, including vision, hearing skin, or cardiovascular systems. For this syndrome, the adverse events should last more than 30 days after stopping the fluoroquinolone, and it does appear to be a class effect not specific to any one of the fluoroquinolones. What about the other classes of antibiotic side effects that were not listed in this question, but you always try to keep prominent in your memory? So the other ones that have sort of distinct clinical side effects profiles that everyone should remember, Redman syndrome with IV vancomycin infusions, 
myopathy with daptomycin, and that's why we always check CKs on those patients. Myelosuppression can happen with linazolid, and also the other one I think about often is orange discoloration of body fluids with rifampin. It's important to remember all of these when you're prescribing these drugs because they do come up. What about the idea that she's on suppressive antibiotic therapy for UTIs in the first place? Well, I wasn't going to go there, but since you did, let's go there. So the threshold of two or more symptomatic episodes per year is not absolute, but decisions about intervention should take the patient's preferences into account and how the symptoms interfere with the patient's life. So most often, recurrent UTIs are reinfections rather than relapses of the original infection. And there are three prophylactic strategies that are available. So one is a continuous antibiotic treatment, and this is usually on the order of about six months, and then you stop because the rate of UTI often returns to baseline. It sounds like in our case, this is what the patient was getting, but it sounds like she was on it for a longer course because she was on the drug for about a year. The second prophylactic strategy are postcoital strategies, and this is because the biggest risk factor for recurrent UTIs is in sexually active women. And the third option is patient-initiated therapy, which isn't really prevention, but the patient is able to start therapy on her own without needing to come in to see the doctor. And how do you choose the antibiotics for one of those three prophylactic strategies? Continuous prophylaxis and postcoital prophylaxis usually entail low doses of trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, a fluoroquinolone, or sometimes nitroferrantoin. These regimens are all highly effective during the period of active antibiotic intake, but you'd really want to tailor your antibiotics based on prior susceptibilities, allergies that the patients may have, or tolerance to antibiotics. So for example, in this patient, I would not go back to nitroferrantoin. Okay, so great. So the teaching point of this question is about the side effects of commonly prescribed antibiotics. In this case, we learned that nitroferrantoin is associated with a pulmonary pneumonitis and even lung fibrosis that can be irreversible. Therefore, take into consideration the side effect profile of the medications you're prescribing, and in patients who are on drugs that you know have a known toxicity, make sure you inquire about those when you're taking your history and follow-up. So to read more about this, you can check out Harrison's chapter on infectious diseases. And if you want to learn more about fluoroquinolone-associated disability, you can check out a good article in Nature that was published in 2018, volume 555, pages 431 to 433. This is Jim Shanahan, publisher at McGraw-Hill. Harrison's Podclass is brought to you by McGraw-Hill's Access Medicine, the online medical resource that delivers the latest trusted content from the best minds in medicine. Go to accessmedicine.com to learn more.